I'm Debbie Dibbs. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to dive into something that probably sounds really almost familiar. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard the concept of nature versus nurture before. The basic idea being, are we more shaped by our genes or by our environment? Is it genetics or is it our upbringing? Well, that's not what I'm diving into today. That's not what I want you to be thinking about today. It's not genetics versus environment. This is environment versus environment. And what I mean by that is nurture versus nurture. You can have two children, siblings, who grew up in the very same environment, but have vastly different outcomes because they received vastly different levels and qualities and kinds of nurturing. And that outcome, that differential, typically has to do with their sense of self-worth. It can touch on a lot of other things too, but the root of even most of those other things is probably the sense of self-worth. So in my family, when I was growing up, I have a sibling, one older brother, three and a half years my senior, And as we were growing up, our family lived and breathed and revolved around my brother's needs, my brother's existence, everything. And because of that, we learned very different lessons about our self-worth. So I want to validate for you today, if you feel like you have a sibling who outshined you or got all the accolades and you're kind of left off to the side, if you were the scapegoat child of a narcissistic parent, as I was, or for any other reasons why you feel like the way that your parents raised you, treated you, was very different than how your parents raised and treated your sibling, I want to validate that for you today. A lot of people looking from the outside in probably didn't see your details, but you saw them and you lived them. And I want to validate them for you today. And I want you to think through what those differences really were in how you were treated versus your sibling. Does anything that I'm about to share on this podcast about how I was treated, how my nurturing differed vastly from my brother's nurturing, does anything I'm about to share resonate with you? Now, I'm purposely not going to get into any of the really deep and painful stuff yet. It is going to be touched on, but I won't dive into the depth of those stories quite yet, in part because I really want this to be the focus, discussing nurture versus nurture as a concept, and also in part because as we're talking about them, I don't want my trauma to become a trauma dump that overshadows your own thinking through what you've been through. Okay, and what you've experienced in your own family growing up. So self-worth, often, at least for me, it was guided by how I was presented to other people versus how my brother was presented to other people. Just as an example, when I was growing up, a lot of what I had to witness were my parents talking about What a special blessing my brother was. I literally had to hear them say to people that he was touched by God. They would call him over and each of his ears has this little divot in it. 
And they would show people this little divot in his ears and say, see, he's touched by God, right? He's this spectacular being. (laughs) He also was often shown off by my parents through a photo from when he was really, really young. There was a photo of him and the rest of his class when I think it was kindergarten and may have been preschool, but they're walking outside and he's about a good 10, 15 feet ahead of the rest of the class and walking confidently, right? And so they would, sh- and this was the cover of the brochure, by the way, <laughs> for the school. And my parents kept that and they would show this off all the time, talking about how he's destined for leadership and all of these wonderful, great things that he was going to do because of how he's just naturally a born leader and brilliant and all those things, okay? Also of note, He had birthday parties, not a ton of them, not every year, but he had birthday parties, okay? And so I think birthday parties are a really special time when a kid realizes, oh, I matter. I'm being celebrated today. And so he had those experiences and all of that, the results, he was very confident. He grew up extremely sure of himself to the point of being arrogant. (laughs) He would probably admit today, super duper arrogant. I remember when he was in middle school that he told my mother and I after school one day that he had this whole theory as to why, and he meant it, he was very serious. He had this whole theory as to why he was the most eligible bachelor in the world. He broke it down based on statistics. And some of his reasoning was about how attractive he is, how smart he is. It was all of these things, right? It was full of confidence. And that confidence doesn't come from nowhere. That confidence was rooted in the messages that he was given throughout his childhood. And as a final point of this messaging and to transition into the messaging that I received, let me just tell you a little bit about Christmas morning (laughs) in our house. So Christmas Eve, my parents and I and the the family, we would typically go to a party at a friend of the family's house. And parties at whether it's one friend of the family or the other friend of the family's, these Christmas Eve parties were epic. I mean, we stayed out. We didn't get home as a family until five, six o'clock in the morning, sometimes Christmas Eve, because we were out having this party. And we got back very, very late, which meant we were all knocked out (laughs) Christmas morning, okay? So I can understand, especially looking back now as an adult and being older and having adult body and how that can mean it takes a little while for things to get going after going out till five, six o'clock at night to a house party. So that makes sense that maybe we didn't get up at six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning like most families did, running down to the Christmas tree, tearing open presents. Instead, it was a very slow rise and crawl. But here's the thing. Here's where it gets ridiculous. We would wait until my brother woke up, which sounds innocent and sweet. No, 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 no. My brother is a sleeper, which means that on Christmas morning, many times, I, as a very excited young girl who probably still believed in Santa Claus, had to wait until 10, 11, then I would see noon pass, sometimes one o'clock pass. I think the latest we ever gathered around the tree was 3 p.m. something (laughs) on Christmas Day. 
Now, this is important. Like I said, I'm not diving into the super deep, painful stuff just yet. But this was important as far as the messaging. Because what this told me is that the entire family schedule revolves around my brother, what he needs, and what he wants. And I was told, do not wake up your brother. I would get in trouble if I even brought up the possibility of waking up my brother. Because I wanted to tear into some dang on Christmas presents. But no, Debbie had to wait. And so we did until he naturally woke up whenever he naturally woke up. We didn't wake him up because he was a prince to not be disturbed. So his messaging was, the world revolves around me. My messaging was, the world does not give a crap about what I want. Now, it might sound silly and small, opening Christmas presents, but to a kid, that's everything. And it told me a lot. He actually took the message so far that every single Christmas, for as long as I can remember, my brother's always had a present under the tree to himself from himself. (laughs) Because he was told that self-care is important and he's worth it and he deserves it. Me? I was treated like I was a burden. And so that's how I approached everything else in my life. And not only was I treated like I was a burden, like I was second class, but then what worth I was told there was about me was largely based on my appearance. Instead of calling me in to show off the divots in my ears because I was touched by God, I didn't have those divots. Instead, I was called in so I could go get something from the kitchen. Why? So as I was walking away, oh, there's so so much problematic with what I'm about to tell you. So when I was walking away, my parents could point out to their friends what nice legs I have. A kid being shown off their legs to adults. And that's what made me special. I was also special because I had my mother's nose. And to try to make me more special... I couldn't ever leave the house without having to hear, where are your earrings? And as I grew older, that translated into, where's your makeup? Oh, you don't wear makeup? Let me keep buying you some all the time. Because I want to make sure you know that you need to be pretty. That is the only worth you have. Yes, I was also taught I was smart. My education was definitely a huge priority. But so was my brother's. So when it came to looking at a difference and trying to understand what made us different or why we were treated differently, it goes back to this, our self-worth. His self-worth was innate. Mine was not. I didn't have birthday parties. Not only did I not have birthday parties, my birthdays were forgotten more than once. I'll talk about that in a future episode because it sucks to have your birthday forgotten by your family. I was also kept in unsafe situations as I grew up. For example, my orthodontist made a very inappropriate comment about my breasts. I told my father, and I was still going to that orthodontist for years. Very uncomfortable every time I had to go. Knowing he was probably leaning over me, staring at my breasts as a young tween. I also told my parents about a time that a son of their friend touched me inappropriately 
at a party. Guess who was left to then be alone with that same kid in the future at other parties? Me. My message was, I don't have self-worth to be taken care of, to be protected, to be celebrated. No. I was the daughter with the pretty legs, and I was otherwise left to my own devices to figure it out. Figure out who I am, figure out if I have self-worth or what. Now, as an added layer to this, I was treated even worse behind closed doors. So what I mean by behind closed doors, because obviously I was already at my house. (laughs) What I mean is my mother and my brother, my brother was a bully to me. He was kind of classic brother, but he was taught that that was okay by my mother. And my mother was awful to me. And what made it worse was I couldn't turn it off. So she would be awful to me behind closed doors. So someone else would enter the room, someone else would come home. And then I couldn't switch into loving, caring girl. I was hurt and wounded. And so she switched to happy-go-lucky loving mom, which made me look really awful to other people. So I didn't have an opportunity for other people to tell me that I was worth anything. Instead, the messages to other people, and then that were then mirrored, bounced back to me, was that I was a brat. I was a bother, a nuisance. So that's, <laughs> that's, that was how I was treated. And my results? It's gotten a little bit better in the last year, but for about most of my life, and I'm over 40, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I was so ashamed of who I was. I had no value and I didn't like looking at myself and seeing that reflected back. I feel like a burden to everyone. I can never, ever ask for help. That goes deep, actually, because I feel like if I can't ask my family for help, I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. So then I just don't ask anybody. I'm also very afraid to trust because the people who are supposed to protect me didn't. How do you deal with that? (laughs) And I automatically assume people won't like me or people won't believe me, even a simple story or that seems innocent and laughable and comical and funny, lighthearted. Sometimes I just, I'm talking and I'm assuming people think I'm lying because I was raised with the profile of being a brat, of being a liar, of being unpleasant. And that was what molded me into having very little self-worth. And the pattern wasn't just in my childhood, it continued into my adulthood. So I continued to receive those messages. And so those will be some of the deeper things that I'll be getting into. I'm on the brink of getting into on the show. But for example, I wasn't supported during really traumatic times in my life, like when I was raped. I wasn't supported during medical situations, like when I almost died in Paris due to medical malpractice or 
when I had to have my son from an emergency C-section. So now I have a newborn and a and major surgery recovery, and I'm in the hospital by myself because nobody gave a damn to be with me. I was never defended or stood up for against people who were tearing me down, like my son's father. But he, he was just so awful to me. It just is terrible to get messages constantly growing up and throughout my adulthood that I don't matter. Actions speak louder than words. So if people have gaslighted you throughout your life by saying, yes, you matter. Yes, I love you. Yes, you can trust me. I'll be there for you. Those are fucking words. Where's the fucking action? That's what we need to actually feel like we're worth it. It's when somebody puts those words and loves us in action. So I didn't read a journal entry on the last one. I want to end this one with reading this journal entry. That was about a week ago as I'm recording this now. So it says, My head hurts a little. My heart hurts a little. I'm very sure of my path still, but my body is feeling the weight of all this processing. I'm missing my brother already, and now I'm dealing with the very possible reality that we'll never have a good relationship again. Really sinking into all the reminders that kept coming up to me yesterday about how he is the golden child, his kindergarten picture, his ear divots, etc., and how the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> He was raised so confidently that he had an entire theory as to why he was the most desirable man in the world. And he always got himself a Christmas present because he believed he deserved it. Me? I had no voice. I became a complete people pleaser and I have a broken compass for my self-worth. Same environment but drastically different nurturings. And having to deal with never being truly believed, to know that the fear that kept me quiet for 40 years, over 40 years, is playing out, is painful. And I'm feeling it in my head, heart, and shoulders. Thankfully, as I journal, my shoulder tension is lessening. So I want to leave you with this thought. You did not raise yourself. You did not nurture yourself. But you can nurture yourself now. Because you're worth it. Until next time.